0: sing with me if you know it he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars the Sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars how loving and patient he must be he's still working on me You know some of my reactions and responses to things I'm sure this isn't the case with you but some of my reactions and responses are are less than Christ-like at times and I'll think you know Gary how long have you been a Christian and then I'll say I've said this out loud more than once Jesus is in my heart but dad and grandpa are in my bones and sometimes my dad and my grandpa come out instead of Jesus. Be patient with me. He's still working on me. He's still working on me. It's a, it's a long process of transformation, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Paul has something to say about transformation in Romans 12, 1 and 2. So we're going we're to get to that in a minute. A while back, I, I read an interesting article um, based on what is being called the, the business of identity management in this article one particular company says that the line dividing people's online lives from their offline personal and professional lives is beginning to erode and they cite this example in 2007 one out of every 10 employers or managers would reject a potential employee based on something they found that that employee had potential employee had posted on social media. Maybe it was a Facebook message or another social media posting of some sort, maybe a a, a picture that they had posted online. Well, as recently as 2018, that average has increased to one out of every two, 50%. So employers are very diligent. Employers have become very diligent in pursuing the profile, the identities of those potential employees. On social media to find out who they are to find out what they're all about and as a result this this business of identity management has has just exploded it's taken off Uh, managing your presence online your appearance online what is seen about you has become a significant business as people want that stuff removed right they want that stuff Um, hidden, stuff that is potentially damaging to their identity and certainly to their employment opportunities. So here's the question, again, thinking about transformation, Romans 12, we'll get there in a minute. Here's the question I want to ask this morning. Does Christianity offer anything more than simply a religious form of identity management? Does Christianity simply say, hey, hey, come to church for about an hour on a Sunday morning, you know, dress nice, uh, look, look well, smile at people, um, behave yourself, and, 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 well, maybe that's just our form of religious identity management. It, is the idea that God actually transforms us, is that, is that real and legitimate? Does, does that happen? Or do we simply pretend and, and we just use that language when all that's really happening is identity management. Do, does the change in our lives go any further than just playing the part? Does God's power offer anything more substantive than dress up, look nice, go to church, smile at people, don't have bad social behaviors, don't have bad moral behaviors, but essentially it's, it's merely religious identity management rather than authentic, genuine transformation by the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. In other words, does God's grace, truth, power, and love, does that really affect our lives and bring lasting, transformational change? Or does it merely dress us up, scrub our appearance, so that our identity can be managed and we, and we look like religious, moral, nice kinds of church people. He, he, here's the deal. If, if Christianity is, is just about identity management, we, we might as well close our Bible apps and, and lock the doors and go home. If that's all that's going on, we're wasting our time. And, and I'm not saying it's easy. I know it's difficult, but God is asking churches like ours and people like us to be engaged in a whole lot more than simply scrubbing our life morally to manage your appearance and identity. God's asking a whole lot more than that. And if that's the case, it's kind of like taking a pig and dressing up that pig in a nice cute little pink pig skirt and setting that thing loose in the church. Right, nice little pig, squeaky clean, cute little pink pig piggy skirt. But the nature of that pig is still to play in the mud. And when there's a mud puddle, that pig's jumping in, and nothing has really changed. For many of us, we need to ask ourselves, am, am I just playing the game? Am I just morally keeping in the lines Or is God actually doing a work of transformation within me? We we know that God loves everyone. God accepts everyone. God loves you and accepts you just as you are. That is absolutely true. But God doesn't want to leave you that way. He doesn't want to leave leave you that way. He wants to do a work of transformation in your life, in my life. That is God's desire. I I love how C.S. Lewis wrote it. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, and I quote, So many of us play in a mud puddle when a trip to sea has been promised. So many of us play in a mud puddle when a trip to sea has been promised. We're not taking advantage of that, right? So many of us play around in the mud rather than taking the free trip to the beach because somehow we believe that God's transformation robs us of being human in in some way. Maybe you're thinking, well, 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 if I allow God to transform me, then, then I'll be less of a human being, right? I'll have no joy, I'll have no peace, I'll have no fun, and for some reason, we think that somehow a life that is not conformed to the image of God is more freeing or more fun than a life that is actually transformed by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into, him, into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This is a verse that reminds us that, that we are being transformed. There is a work of transformation going on in our hearts and lives. Um... This is not about identity management. Paul, Paul is not saying um, this is identi- identity management. Paul is not saying, yay, people are scrubbing themselves morally and managing their identities. That's not, that's not what Paul's saying. <laughs> Paul is saying that we are actually being transformed little by little, step by step, day by day. Again, a pure heart may take an instant instance but a mature character takes a lifetime Michael Benson one of my favorite preachers ever we are being transformed little by little step by step day by day into the image and glory of God as in Paul adds with ever increasing glory I can't speak for you but I know my life needs transformation and the more transformed it is, the more truly Gary Light I become. Because that's what happens when the Holy Spirit works in your heart and your life. You actually become more of the authentic, genuine person God created, to, created you to be. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit does in your life. The more transformed you are, the more you will actually be the true, authentic person God designed for you to be. I mean, that's, that's, that's the definition of sanctification, right? Becoming all that God intended for you to be. That's the work of, of, of sanctification in your life. Doesn't happen overnight. He's still working on me. <laughs> but transformation is happening. God's transformation does not look like you becoming less of who you are. It actually looks like you becoming more, becoming all that God intended for you to be. So so let's take a little bit closer look here at, at this text, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm gonna read this for us from the NIV, the New International Version. Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy why transformation is is possible. Here's what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, in light of what God has done for you, in light of how God has blessed you, in, in light of the grace of God in your life, because of his mercy in your life, offer yourselves to him. Surrender your life to him. When we understand how merciful he's been to us, I think a very natural response is to surrender, to offer our bodies to him as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. So if you you can't tell here, I'm focusing on two words, mercy and offer, right? Because of God's mercy, offer yourselves. That's what the text says. Because of God's mercy, offer yourselves. I think sometimes we hear it like this. In view of God's power and authority, will yourselves toward obedience. I wonder if that's how some of us hear it sometimes. In view of God's power and authority, will yourselves into obedience. That's not what the text says. That's not at all what he says. We have received incredible incredible mercy, amazing grace. And so in response to that, when we understand that, we offer ourselves to God. We surrender to him for his use, for his purposes. He never demands that we will ourselves into something or someone else. He never demands that we will ourselves into obedience. If you're trying to transform by God's power and authority, you are doomed to failure. And you'll resort back to identity management every time. Because of his mercy, offer yourselves. Doesn't say because of his authority and power, will yourselves into obedience. That doesn't work. Maybe a good way uh, to explain it is this to be transformed, you have to be drawn rather than driven you have to be drawn rather than driven if you drive yourself if you will yourself you're going to resort back to identity management every time so so, so maybe the following question is this is the beauty of God's grace beautiful enough in order to draw you do, do you see God as this as this white-bearded guy up in heaven wielding his his power and authority? I think some of us picture that sometimes. Or or does the beauty of God's grace actually capture your heart and draw you toward him? You have to be drawn rather than driven. So maybe, maybe that's the first level of transformation we need. I mean if there was if there was a test and you had to check the box whether you think God is good or whether you think God is bad, I mean we're we're all gonna check the box that God is good, right? I mean who wouldn't? We're all gonna check that box. Yes, God is good. But maybe, maybe you're really thinking, you know, God, your goodness isn't really all that significant. I mean, I don't even know if I really think you're that great. I mean, yeah, I can check the box that you're good, but but I don't know that I would go so far to say as I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I I don't know if I believe that's true, and and I don't think I have a vision enough of your goodness that it actually draws me toward becoming the person you want me to be. I, I don't know if I would go that far, God. You have to be drawn rather than driven. You have to be drawn rather than driven. So so, so maybe you need to start with this prayer. Maybe you need to start here when you think about transformation in your, your own life. Maybe you need to pray the prayer, God, help me to see you in a way that draws me to you. Maybe we start there. God, help me to see you in a way that draws me to you, that captures my heart and draws me to you. So, so what does transformation look like? Let's, let's take a look at verse two now. Let me read for us. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So two words that I want to focus on here in verse two as well. And the first one is conform, conform. The word conform here in this text, in this text conveys the idea of, of settling for something less, right? To, to conform means that you're just gonna follow the status quo. It's, it's not really reaching one's full potential. You're just gonna go along with what everyone else is doing and copy their behavior. Paul is saying don't do that. P- Paul is saying we shouldn't settle for something less. Right? In other words, don't try to look like everybody else in order to, to try and fit in. Don't settle. Don't conform. Don't do that. The second word, as you probably <laughs> have guessed, is transform. The Greek word there is metamorphou. Yes, the the, the, the word from which we get our English word, metamorphosis. And in case you're wondering, yeah, Paul uses the same word in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we just read a few minutes ago. Metamorphosis, right? I mean, this, this is the word, we often relate this word, whenever we hear this word, we think of that process of a caterpillar changing into a butterfly, right? Because that's, that's what it is, that, that metamorphosis, that complete and thorough change from one creature into a totally new and different creature. It's a metamorphosis, but that process of metamorphosis is very very messy it's a hard difficult messy process after the caterpillar the chrysalis or the cocoon it it first changes into this nasty brown uh, juice looking substance inside of that cocoon and then, of course we know the end result the next thing you know the the, the butterfly um, comes out of the cocoon. It's this beautiful, beautiful butterfly. Now, again, this process ends well. The end result is, is beautiful, but it's a, it's a difficult, messy, hard process. And when it comes to our own spiritual formation, our own spiritual transformation, identity management is much, much easier conforming is much, much easier. And so often, that's what we settle for. We settle for conformity. Everybody looks nice. We all behave. We all smile at each other. Identity management is pretty clean, right? That's easy. We can do that. That's not messy. It's easy. And so we settle for that. We settle for conformity. Let me, let me say one thing as we begin to wind down here this morning. Don't settle for conformity when you can have transformation. Don't settle for conformity. Metamorphosis is messy. It's hard. Behaving is clean. That's easy. Transformation is messy. It's difficult. You know, sometimes we wonder... Why doesn't God just zap the caterpillar and it becomes a butterfly? You know, maybe we we wonder that for ourselves. God, why don't you just zap me and I become the beautiful butterfly? Why do I have to go through this difficult process? It's messy, it's hard, it's difficult. Something about that difficult process is very necessary very necessary. There's something about the process that is hard. It can be painful. It's difficult. But that's what it takes to become the butterfly. You got to go through that. You got to go through that. Because that's where the strength and beauty are created in the process of that difficult, painful, messy struggle. You got to go through it. And, and maybe we can begin to look look at the hardness, the difficulty of our own spiritual transformation process in a different way. Maybe we can begin to see that the process of transformation need not discourage you. But maybe, maybe you can begin to see it as the message of the beauty that God wants to do in your life through the work of the Holy Spirit. There's something about hardship, challenge, and struggle that actually changes who we are for the better. When we're not willing to go through that difficulty, when we're not willing to to go through that pain and that struggle, we end up settling for identity management we settle for conformity. Don't settle for conformity when you can have transformation. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters who in these days find themselves in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of that painful, difficult process. Lord, maybe they are hurting. Maybe they are confused and lost. Maybe they are deeply wounded. Father, would you just continue your faithful work in their hearts and lives? Would you bring healing and strength and ultimately, Lord, your transformation? Would you continue the work of transformation in their hearts and lives? Father, help them to be able to pray that prayer. God, draw me. Help me to see you in a way, God, that draws me to you that help us to continue to pray that prayer. Father, thank you that you don't leave us as we are. You desire to change us and transform us into your image and likeness. Father, simply help us to surrender to you on a daily basis, even a moment by moment basis, God. We surrender to you. Do with this as you will. And Father, we will trust you for the results. Father, for all that you do and for all that you are, we give you our thanks our praise, our love, and our worship. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you receive the benediction? (laughs) May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, continue to put you together, spirit and soul, body and mind, and make you fit for the coming of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely faithful and dependable. And he will do this. Go in his grace today. God bless you.